0: Peace.
1: Hello there and welcome to this week's edition of Wag the Dog FM. My name is Philippe Borgmans. I'm your host, like every single episode. And this week we're going to talk about the Global Body of Knowledge project by run by the Global Alliance for Public Relations and Communication Management. And uh, this international project is looking at the standard to practice PR and communication management. So we're going to look at standards, professional standards, skill development, skills that we need, uh, experiences that we need in the beginning of our career, in the middle of our career, and also when we are in a senior position. And uh, to discuss this project, really interesting one, uh, we're going to talk with, and I was lucky enough to be able to talk to Dr. Anne Gregory. And in fact, Anne was my very first guest on my very first podcast, and that was way back in 2006. So Anne... um, agreed to be on this show uh, and is the professor of corporate communications at the University of Huddersfield. She's currently immediate past chair of the Global Alliance. And uh, we're going to discuss skills, skill sets, uh, standards in our profession for the next couple of 30-35 minutes. So here we go. And welcome on uh, this episode of Wag the Dog.
0: Well, it's good to be with you. Thank you for inviting me to come on the program.
1: It's a pleasure. It's great to have you again on a podcast. The last one that we spoke on a podcast was in 2006, I think.
0: Oh, <laughs> surely not that long ago.
1: I think so. I think so. That was, And I still have the file, so I'll send you that so you can listen to our discussion again. It was about <laughs> ethics at the time. It'll but, be yeah,
0: uh, interesting to see how things have moved on.
1: Yes, definitely. But today, and uh, again, thanks for being on the show. We're going to talk about something which I think and we both believe is, is, is crucial. And that is about knowledge in our profession and how we can uh, look at those things on a career level. So uh, this is about the projects that you call the Global Body of Knowledge Project. So could you give us a little bit of a background on where this comes from and what the objective is of the research?
0: Well, you've probably heard of the Global Alliance of Public Relations and Communication Management. That's the organization that links together the professional associations in public relations and communication management around the world. So, for example, the PRSA is a member, the Swiss Association, the Chartered Institute of Public Relations are all members of the Global Alliance. Mm-hmm. And over the last year, 18 months or so, there's been quite um, a conversation generated within those associations around the future of the organization. And one of the key challenges which is facing our profession, which is how do we keep our members to the right level of skill and how do we know, given that the industry is increasingly globalizing, that we're working to a sort of common benchmark so that if I work in Nigeria and, uh, and I want to go and work in Singapore, I know that my skills and the way that I, I practice with some adjustment given the context are going to be appropriate. This is key because, as you know, professional associations have members and membership and uh, so if they're going to recognize members from other associations, so the Canadian Institute wants to recognize, recognize members from the German Institute as being equivalent in, in seniority and in practice, that we need some sort of uh, benchmark, if you like, to to measure each other against. And at the same time, the IABC, the International Association of Business Communicators, and the PRSA, which is the American Association, were thinking about renewing what's called their credentials qualification, Mm -hmm. which is you know, how do you become a member, how do you take a professional qualification in public relations, which is recognised by those associations and by others around the world. So we seem to get to a point, a, a, a moment where everybody was beginning to think about standards and recognition of standards across the world, and whether or not we were all acting um, in, in uh, to the same level when we talked about professional standards and professional qualifications.
1: So. And does that mean that uh, we all now maybe agree on the fact that we need standardisation and that we need that recognised as well? I mean, there's there have been a lot of debates, and I just had a recent one with the EAC, the European Association, uh, where we looked at okay, do we do we need accreditation? Do we need uh, to really you know put a label on the skills that we need and those things? It was more a debate than having a consensus, although the tendency was, yes, accreditation would be good, because then we can look at this from a a training, professional training point of view as well. So does that mean that there is, the moment has come for a global consensus about this?
0: It's a really good question, Philippe, and um, I would be... Optimistic, if I said that there was universal agreement, mm-hmm. I think there's uh, because practice is different around the world. We know that in Scandinavia, for example, the idea of professional qualifications, such as what you and I are talking about now, is not really part of the culture there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think there is recognition that we are now in a global profession, that we need to keep our skills and knowledge and the way that we actually enact the public relations role, um, the fact that it's becoming more and more senior. We need to get some sort of handle on what the standards in our profession should be. Uh, But we also know that a lot of... um, the developing world, emerging nations, um, this will be an aspiration for them for the future. Um, in the in some of the emerging nations, they're making really rapid progress. But in some in some uh, countries, public relations is a very very new profession, mm-hmm. and the context in which public relations is undertaken is very different from say Western Europe. So we need to build something that's sensitive to those contexts that doesn't put people off or say that this is you know this this benchmark is just too high, but something that's flexible enough that um, individual associations can take, if you like, the basic framework and say, this is appropriate for us now. And over time, we will grow and develop as a profession. I think we also have to be aware of that a lot of the the work in public relations, to be honest, is uh, is very Western orientated. Mm -hmm in thinking and therefore if we talk about a global standard we have to think about embracing different ways of thinking about our profession uh, and different ways in which our profession is practiced so it's a complex debate Philippe. I think that overall there is a desire if you like to examine whether or not this is possible but to say that everybody is fully bought up to it I think is just a step too far.
1: No I would imagine imagine that and even and and Although I went through the documentation and and just already doing the exercise of looking at you know what are the, the the skills that people need in the in the beginning of their career later on uh, to split them up to define them give them a definition um, the, the listing of the skills and and uh, categories and tasks and all these things already that is is I think a very valuable insight in our profession if we can already document that and then influence maybe also. Uh, The school system and uh, and our own profession—that already is a a huge goal. And then we're not even talking about, you know, should we have accreditation or not or recognition, what have you? So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think one of the elements of a profession is that you sort of stake out your territory, Mm -hmm. and therefore you have to describe what you do. Um, And if this exercise that we're doing around the world now, this discussion that we're generating on a global body of knowledge, which might provide the underpinnings for a future accreditation system and provide guidance to universities or others who provide public relations education, that's going to be a really good starting point. But It is a work in progress, and I really want to encourage you and and colleagues to get involved in helping us with this project because it's it's only just begun. There's a lot of work being done. Um, We've looked at all the the existing frameworks of competencies in public relations by professional bodies and by in the academic literature. And we've tried to bring those together, but we know that a lot of those are backward-looking, they're historical, many of them are out of date, and we need to future-proof this in some way and we need to make it more globally applicable. So it's a work in progress, Absolutely fabulous work by my colleague in the Global Air Alliance, uh, Jean Valang, and his team on actually doing that initial benchmarking work. But we need to move this forward now to get something that's appropriate for our profession.
1: Well, I'll I'll definitely put in a, a call to action on uh, on the show notes so that people can find their way. I'm sure that a couple of listeners are very interested to participate, and also some people I have in mind from the other side of the globe, and not so much from our Western side. So that will be interesting, definitely. But
0: well, so, really um, important, really yeah, important yeah. that you know we we do de-Westernize it. But, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's yeah. there's
1: totally a different approach in in other areas on the globe of what we call public relations so those frameworks uh definitely are are, are different as well so that would be an interesting input now on on a, on a very very practical level um again what are the different steps that you're taking in this research are we looking at uh, listing skills listing competencies and and how you get there how does that work
0: Yes, what we've done, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, to look at the existing frameworks that are available at the moment. And we looked at about 30 frameworks. That Those were as many as we were able to, to find. And we've looked at the academic literature. And we found quite a lot of common ground or a level of common ground, certainly about early career professionals and mid-level professionals, not so much for senior professionals, which is interesting in itself. And we know that continuing professional development for senior professionals is a challenge for a lot of organizations around the world, a lot of professional associations. And what we've done for those early career and mid-level people is to look at uh, the knowledge that they need. In other words, what do you need to know in able to be a competent practitioner as an early practitioner and a mid-level professional? The skills that they have to have and their abilities, so what do you need to be able to do? Mm-hmm. And we've also looked at some behaviors as well, which we feel are really important for public relations because it's how you go about your job that is as important almost as what you do. So there are ten behaviours that we would see as absolutely crucial. Um, and we 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 found as well that there were two absolutely core, competencies or uh, skills and knowledge areas which we feel absolutely fundamental to the profession whatever level you practice it at and there are um foundation skills and abilities that we've called them which are around writing oral and visual communication abilities um such as being able to um public do public speaking yep Sensitive in interpersonal communication and have digital and visual literature literacy so that 's really down there and then there are some sort of personal attributes which we feel that are really important. so being able to listen critically mm-hmm. be globally aware um, because we live in, all our communications can go viral and global as we know in an instant. Critical thinking and problem solving really important around that. So we don't we don't differentiate whether you're an early practitioner or a mid-level pre- practitioner. You have to have that knowledge and those skills as absolutely core areas. Um, I can go on to describe, if you like, the the basic outline of the early career uh, entry level. Body of knowledge, if that would be helpful.
1: Yeah, and what I've, I'm just—I have here the uh, the knowledge part for uh, entry uh, level roles in front of me. What I what I love the very first one is measurement and evaluation approaches uh, vis-à-vis objectives and outcomes. And we we all know that this is the major issue today in our profession, or at least one of one of the biggest challenges mm-hmm. that we have. Because we see all these very nice case studies, but when you look at measurement and evaluation, that's the last part in a case study that you see, and it's not really always up to date. So I love it that it's in there uh, immediately. Was that something that really popped out?
0: Yes, I think that a core skill for any of us is to be able to do a campaign properly. Mm-hmm. Um, we work on campaigns as well as our day-to-day, you know, re- relationships with the media or whatever. But research planning, implementation, evaluation has got to be an absolutely core that we have to nail as a profession. And as you say, setting objectives and evaluation is a constant issue in our profession. And it's complicated, Philippe. Let's and let's admit this. If we had talked Talking about, you know, serious and ongoing change in society, it's very difficult to put measurable objectives and we have to be sort of incremental about that. And it's very difficult sometimes to evaluate that. But we have to demonstrate that we're committed to that. And we have again to to build sort of uh, campaigns and we have to build programs that are serious about demonstrating the impact of our work. I don't necessarily mean always bottom line impact. I mean the reputational impact, the fact that relationships are improving. These are things that need to be measured. And we know that because if we look at something else that's happening in our world, which is integrated reporting, Mm -hmm. particularly for the private sector Mm -hmm. now, we know in the work that the Integrated Reporting Council has done that – The value of organizations now uh, is is significantly changed and something like 84% of the value of an organization is in its intangible assets. And that's our territory. Yeah. That is about reputation. That is about the bar- brand. That is about the quality of relationships. And if we can show that we're making a difference in those areas, then we will add value and we will have impact. And those are the things that we really need to grapple with.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And then the, the, the second part there, which I find as well interesting, is uh, ethics and law. Now, um, ethics and law so legal requirements and issues that we need to know in our profession i think that's something that a lot of pr people are maybe not completely aware of about our legal obligations of our communication and and, and different things like that and then of course the ethical part uh, again i'm amazed i had a discussion with someone from a um, what we call high school so it's higher education out of university uh, public a professional public relations school and when they had to switch over to the bologna principles and the bologna agreements in europe uh, one of the courses that they dropped was ethics so we have now a school where public relations students don't see have any course on ethics at all in the uh, 3 or 4 years that they study uh, pr so it's uh, again i think it's interesting that it's in there it's much needed to my personal opinion and then the legal things is again the the legal requirements that's an interesting one because i do believe that a lot of our colleagues are not really aware of legal obligations in our profession.
0: Yes, it's fascinating, isn't it? I'm absolutely astounded by the fact that uh, any professional qualification or academic qualification touch on ethics in this day and age. I am I, absolutely amazed that that can happen to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yep, there are legal requirements we know around mergers and acquisitions, around a libel, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that we have to comply with and we need to know those things. But I think the ethical dimension is really important, Philippe, because – What we find now in the modern world is it's not just compliance to the law that people are looking for in organisations. There's this sort of covert accountability, which is people's reasonable expectations that they behave in an ethical way and uh, that they are able to demonstrate that they are living to the values that they declare and therefore the role of public relations being the guardian of those values and looking to see that they're being enacted in in the everyday life of organisations, maybe straying beyond the remit of public relations, you'd say. I don't think it is, because I think it's our business to be there actually protecting the reputation of our Mm organisations, and that depends on us being ethical in everything that we do. And if we're not concerned with that... I don't know who is so it's mo- it's wider than just our practice you know that we don't tell lies and that we 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 tell the truth and honest etc cetera, etc cetera. it's about the ethics of the whole organization and i think there's a to play there yeah yeah
1: another another important point i see is business uh, literacy um i was just a couple of uh, i think a month ago was interviewed uh, on, on by two researchers who um who are looking at, you know, how important is the management slash business aspect in our profession? And most of us always say, well, we need to be able to at least talk the same language as our bosses, <laughs> so yeah. to say. Um, uh, but again, I think we often forget that public relations is, or at least that's in my point of view, that public relations is, an, an, is, a, is a business function. Um, and, and because in some schools it is thought more on the, on the creative side of, uh, of the spectrum instead of the business side. So I, I think that's an important one that business literacy is in there, you know, understanding finances. Although for most of us, it like, oh, we don't really like numbers and figures. We're more on the other side of our brain, probably. Uh, but, but again, it's, it, it is crucial and important because more and more, if we want that famous seat on the board, Uh, like most uh, senior people always complain that they don't have a direct uh, link to the the C-level executives, then we need to be able to at least uh, understand all those business uh, things, right?
0: Absolutely. I think there's just a couple of things there. One is that most of our colleagues on the C-suite will have done MBAs Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they will be very business literate theoretically, as well as practically. And therefore, we need to understand the language that they talk, as you absolutely say. But we also know that it's not enough to sit at a board table and just talk about communication issues. And again, if we are taking on this wider role of being the guardian of the organization and its reputation, we need to understand the wider aspects of business. Uh, We need to be able to sheet. We need to be credible when we have discussions and if we just bang on all the time about communications, mm-hmm. then uh, we're not going to realise the full potential of our role. Yeah. I think yeah. another important thing here is that we know that for many years, the biggest barrier for us getting promotion to that C-level is because of a lack of business uh, literacy. We're not able to join in those conversations, those broader conversations. And we do ourselves no service at all by saying we're not very good at figures. Um, Or to say things like, this one drives me mad. Our work is not rocket science, you know. Well, actually, it's one of the most complex aspects <laughs> of business yeah. you could be involved in, you know, understanding yeah. people and their motivations and understanding what's going on in relationships. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly complex and we do ourselves a lot of disservice. Yeah. So, think- what we've got to do, I think, rather than saying, you know, they really need to understand the public relations and comms, and, you know, if only they did and if I could explain it better, then everything would be okay. We need to start asking the question and challenging ourselves and saying, What's their agenda? How do I attach myself to their agenda? Don't mm-hmm. expect them to attach themselves to our agenda. You know, what's keeping them awake at night and how can we help solve some of these problems that are keeping them awake at night? That, those are the, Those are the sort of thinking processes that we need to take on board.
1: Do you think one of those, I, I love what you said about, you know, it's, our job is not rocket science for those people. And and is that be, maybe because the only thing that they are maybe aware of? And again, I, I, I think that we ourselves in PR are not doing ourselves a service when we always go on about media relations and press releases. Um, you know, it's not difficult to write a good press release. That's what, you know, C-suite people would say. But it's not only about that, and I do think that in in conversations that we have about our profession, it's it's much it's most of the time about media relations instead of real public relations or strategic corporate comms. Um, is is that where it comes from? You think?
0: I'm sure there's a lot of truth in that, and I think if we think differently and you know we there's several ways to look at an organization. You can regard it as a bunch of resources, which is often what the finance people do, or uh, human capabilities, which is what HR people do. If we think of it, now I mentioned that 84% of value being in intangible assets, and really about how communication is a crucial part of that. If we look at, at as an organization as a communicative entity, you know And one of the things that it has to do is secure its legitimacy. So how do we do that? How does it behave? How does it interact? And if we regard ourselves as having that big picture view, helicopter view of the organization and how it's regarded from the outside and how it gives itself or how it secures permission for itself to exist and operate Mm -hmm. and prosper – This is a different sort of thinking and the sort of thinking that we should take on board because it's not about, you know, sending out stuff, SOS communication. It is about securing the future of the organization. Um, And that's a much more Mm -hmm. important task. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm... sort of toying with the idea of doing a bit of research, Philippe, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, on why chief executives have lost their jobs yeah. um, maybe over the last couple of years. And I, I think I'd be prepared to, you know, put a euro on the fact that maybe – many have lost their jobs because they've messed up the reputation of the organization yeah. as they have gotten finances wrong and we yeah, can and, think and, of some big names you yeah. know that messed up on reputation so this is really hard stuff you know no, no, this no, is not uh, soft stuff
1: no it's true it's it's very hard stuff and um, i mean there i think uh, more and more we see case studies popping up about ceo reputation and the link to the value of a company i did an interview in one of the sessions of wag the Talk that before and it, it is based on research and um, I do think that we need to move up a step and go away from, and not, not, not do it. I mean, tactics are very important, but we need to change our language and our approach um, about our own profession, definitely, uh, definitely when speaking to senior people. Yeah. 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 In one of the skills uh, sets um, defined in the, in the first um, results of the report, uh, I'm happy to see that we have um, at least three skills, four skills around social. We yes. have the uh, ability to plan and use online channels, data management, digital literacy, and also, and that is something I really love because I do think it's, it will be a hot topic and a, and a, um, a great tactic for, uh, for the next couple of years, is curating content and providing insights. That is a, a really good one
0: yeah lots to do here and this is about trying to future proof mm-hmm. this framework that we're uh, putting together and again you know input from yourselves really really important on this well we know that uh, the world is social these days and um, therefore we have to get our literacy literacy levels up on this and and it's changing the way that organizations are being held to account so I'm gonna make the link back to ethics here yeah. um, because you know what goes on in that social space is a lot about this sort of, um, not regulation, but, you know, how organisations are behaving and what's acceptable and what's not. And that's how they sometimes get their legitimacy removed. So understanding what's going on in this space is crucially important. Um, a danger here that I flag up, and, and I'm sure you're absolutely conscious of this, Philippe, which is around, if we're not careful, we're just going to be labeled as those people who deal with social media these days. Yes. Uh, and this becomes, you know, the skill takes over rather than what's driving the requirement for that skill, which is, the, the need to maintain the legitimacy of the organization and engage in new ways and engender uh, support in new ways and act in different ways. Uh, and that's really, really important that we look at what's driving that. And the reason that I'm really excited about this is that I see a big move away from just enabling the organization to do something. To I mean, there's been a lot in the theory about this over the years, but for me, it really, really enforced that organizations are communications. You know, organizations are, if you take communication away from an organization, it doesn't exist anymore. You just think about that. Mm-hmm. You can take money mm-hmm. away, that buildings away, and it can exist. But if nobody's saying anything about you, and if you're not communicating, and if you're not communicating within the organization, it doesn't exist. And the social aspect really, really means to reinforce this, that organizations are built through communications.
1: No, and it's true. And what you said uh, definitely resonates uh, with me as well. It's We have a couple of battles to fight, I think, on the social communications or online communications Um uh, battlefield, so to say, is that it, it It tends to, either it tends to be um, another function within an organization and not integrated into marketing, into communications, into PR, into customer support. So I see that happening that, you know, companies get a social media department, which is then again, yeah. a totally, totally separate from reality of day to day work, uh, which is not good. On the other side, as well, um, you see that, social media, oh, well, that is a marketing thing. Ah, no, not really. It is, but it's also part of customer support. It's also part of public relations, media relations, and reputation management. So that is another thing. And and uh, I just learned uh, last week that, uh, at least in, in Belgium here, uh, we're going to have a curriculum, uh, even a small school almost, only specialized in social media communications, which, again, I think is, well, right, if we want to produce 100 students which are really specialized in digital every year uh, and social communications, nice, good to have. But if they do not have basic concepts of the broader scope of communications, public relations and and these other things, then again, we're creating specialists uh, where... Yeah, it's not... Yeah, yeah, where the future, I think, is the integration of online in all other um, concepts of communications, be it marketing, comms or anything else.
0: Yeah, it's not enough, is it? And mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 just last night, actually, I was looking at um, uh, Twitter, and, and I was just in a, a little uh, a mental calculation about how much of the stuff that I was getting was about corporate advertising, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was about 40%. And that's just awful, you know. It's The space is being ruined, uh, so it's not what Twitter is meant to be about. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't mind if those communications were appropriate, but, you know, a goodly proportion I'm just not interested in, and mm-hmm. they're actually damaging mm-hmm. their reputation by doing that. And mm-hmm. we all know that. Yeah.
1: So when we look uh, just to to round up our, our discussion, because we could talk about this all day. I mean, it's it's a huge. It, it has so much impact in in different things. The battles that we need to fight, the positioning that we do for our own uh, profession, profession, the, the 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 future of education. So it's it's a huge piece of research that's being done here. But when you look at the the, the more the the senior skills for for our senior leaders, what popped up? What was there? Something that really was uh, that you said, well, this is something that we now found to research for our senior communicators.
0: Yes, you'll see that some of the areas that are in the more junior level are also replicated in the senior level. Mm -hmm. And we know that, you know, you do more complex and difficult things. But I think what I'd like to touch on is maybe some of the behaviors, actually, Philippe, which we've listed at the back Mm -hmm. uh, of this, uh, this competency framework. So things like integrity and accountability, ethical conduct, judgment and collaboration, transparency, influence and leadership, inclusiveness and adaptability, Um, important at the junior level, You can almost see a a curve where these things become more and more important as you take charge of teams, Mm -hmm. um, and it's about the way, it's how you actually do public relations that becomes more and more of a challenge. It's not just about doing the mechanics of the communications, it's about the character of that communications and what you're trying to do through it and achieve it. So um, interesting, yes, we'd want junior practitioners to have all these things, the senior you get the more important it is to model the way in how you should behave in in public relations now one or two other things in the sort of skills areas which are around managing relationships as which we and leading the public relations functions you know managing complex issues and crises which I guess you might expect but again you can see that there's more businessy type mm-hmm. yep yeah skills and knowledge required Mm -hmm. there rather than more of the implementation which you again uh, uh, no surprises there at all Um, but it is again it emphasizes what we were saying before about the requirement for us to be business savvy to understand the impact of our work and also the need to model the way in the way that you behave and how you conduct public relations within the organization almost like yeast in the bread you know (laughs) that We become, um, the common word is ethical guardian. I'm not sure that there's too much of that going on in some places, but at least we model the way and uh, where the people who who hold the mirror up to the reality of how companies are behaving and say, have you any idea what impact this is having on that value? That's Mm -hmm. right, yes. Mm -hmm.
1: And just to round up, what are the next steps for this uh, research? It's definitely not finished, so what are the next uh, goals and objectives?
0: Well, as you said, Philippe, we need to get input from yourself and from colleagues around the world. And please, um, if you're listening to this podcast, make your own comments, but also get your colleagues to comment on it. We need positives as well as criticisms, ways that we can enhance this. I mentioned that there's not much here at all for the very senior practitioner level because there isn't anything in these competency frameworks Mm -hmm. of of, uh, any substantive nature. So there's a big gap there. We need to make this much more globally applicable, and we need to make sure that it's future-proof. So um, we set up on the Global Alliance website, and um, you referred to the links there, yes, definitely. an area where we, we really welcome your comments. Please Fill it as full as you possibly can, because we need to take that and analyze it and see how we can make this framework better. Because if it doesn't work, there's no point in having it. If people aren't going to use it, there's no point in doing it. So we have to have something that's a really useful tool both for practitioners and for academics. So please, get cracking. Let's have your input.
1: And it was a real pleasure to have you, uh, well, to talk to you again and to have you on a podcast again. Uh, so thanks for your time.
0: Okay. can I, uh, Philippe, can I just say one other thing? Sure, definitely. Uh, on on Go ahead. the next step. So what's going to happen when we get all that? So is uh, this will be uh, added to after you've added all your uh, comments. We'd welcome all your comments. So what we will do then with those comments is analyze them And uh, next summer at the World Public Relations Forum in Toronto, we're going to do a big session where we hope that all the participants in the conference and all the association leaders who will be coming to that conference can look at the analysis that we've done and to then begin to build this framework in, in a way that's going to be absolutely right for the profession.
1: Okay, and thank you for this uh, call to action and thanks for being on the show. It was a pleasure to talk to you again. Hope we can do this uh, more in the near future.
0: Thank you very much, Philippe. Um, thank, you. thank you for giving me o- the opportunity to speak about this, this important work. Together, was- we can make it really important.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So, dear listeners, um, as Anne said, it's very clear we need input from all public professionals. So, please do go to the show notes on www.wagthedog.fm. You will find the links there of this huge project uh, that you can follow then and then get your input in there. It is crucial this is a global project, so um people listening in Asia, in the Middle East, uh, my friends in Morocco, please also be involved in this. It is crucial that we get different insights about our profession and that we can create a framework to put our profession on the next level. So, show notes, go there. And if you like the show, of course, like every time, uh, please do not stop Um, commenting and getting reviews or giving reviews on iTunes. Uh, The link, again, is there. You can search on iTunes, Wag the Dog. You'll find the podcast, but those ratings and those comments are crucial for the survival of this show. Good. Until next week, do the right thing. Keep the peace.